This week on the audio, Adam's here, Sam's here, Scott's here. We have an apology. We have let you down, but there is loads of high-quality news. A thump, Windows 8, it's good to go. Do DJs only hit play? And there's some great plunder. All this and more on this week's The Audio Podcast. Monday, it's we're slightly late, it's just after nine o'clock. What's today's date? I mean, no, it's the 26th of November. 26th of November, that means there's less than a month to go to Christmas. Oh, yes, time to get festive. But there's always time for the audio podcast. Um, as always, I'm Scott Hewitt. This week, I'm joined by Samuel Freeman. Hello, I'm not hiding this week. And um, also Adam Yanch, and I've got a, a much nicer view this week. It looks delightful, Adam. Truly delightful. Thank you. Thank you. So this so, is show 80, and what did we call it? 80-bit float or something like that? 80-bit troll. 80-bit troll. 80-bit troll. Nice. There we go. We almost called it 80-bit float, but we called it 80-bit troll instead. So. No, it's called bit eighth troll. I've yeah, just... because it's show 80. Yeah. Bit. Okay. 80-bit oh, eighth troll. Okay. We're witty when we can be. That's what makes this such well, compelling viewing. I, I, I think it might need a little bit of explanation, this bit, one. Bit, it doesn't yeah. relate to any of the news or anything like that. It is very... It's, it's a very obscure one, and it was my idea. Basically, one time, I was writing a Max patch, and I was parsing in information from A files in the little kind of info section. And the... I think it's the sample rate of the AFE is... Mm encoded in an 80-bit float. <clears throat> but I was finding it incredibly difficult to actually find out how to convert this float into a number I could use in Max. Um, and that's what reminded me. Show 80, 80-bit, eighth sample rate number. Uh, in the end, I managed to figure it out. And if you do a search for 80-bit float eighth, my uh, question on the Max forum is the first one. Fantastic. So there you go. A little bit of a uh, backstory. But uh, I think maybe we should get into the first story. But first, we must remind our listeners that if you want some information on the audio podcast, you can follow the Twitter at the audio podcast, and you can go to the website, theaudiopodcast.co.uk, where you can find all the show notes, including the show notes for this week's show. And you can follow along with us. So, yeah. There we go. Sure, Eddie. So um, we're, we're short on news. We've got some great plunder. Maybe it'll be brief. We usually, when we say it'll be brief, it usually goes for hours. But um, you know, I'm not feeling that today. Anyway, first up, Metric Halo, in association with Avid, have a uh, released a no, what's it called? It's called the AAX Production Bundle, which you can is a new release of some plugins for production work. But right now, you can get a free version of Bump. Hey, oh, free version. Yep. So that, all oh, right, and that's you can just get it, or is that if you get the bundle, or is it just there anyway? No, you you can get it anyway. You have to swap your email address and a and a name for the for it, but you can get a free version of Thump, and it's all to draw attention to the fact that the AAX production bundle is now available. But that's just a demo, is it? Yes, it's just a demo of the production bundle. But the plugin is free. But the plugin is completely free and works. Yes. Mm, so there's two products. There's a free one. And want to buy. It's almost like a cunning ploy. 
And what is thump? It's a. It adds low frequency into uh, to things like bass drums. Okay, so it's something. It's kind of like a backwards exciter. Yes. A reverse exciter. It's like max bass in logic yes. or something like that. Yes. Cool, cool. So yeah, you can. Uh, we've got the link there in the notes, so you can head straight there. And I'm there at the moment. And uh, yeah, yeah. Get downloading if you want some free plugin edge. Cool. Now, do you think that'll work on Windows 8? Well, I'll tell you what, Sam. We might just be able to find out if we go to Create Digital Music because they have a report on Windows 8. The headline there is Faster, No Reason Not to Upgrade. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing because I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Windows 8. You guys chatted about Windows 8 two or three weeks ago when I wasn't available for audio podcast and I think you're a little bit harsh on it you know it's a transitional thing and I think that once the hump is over once there's some good software there for it because it will come I think we've got an interesting little thing because it's a, a a proper hybrid desktop keyboard and touchscreen operating system which not even Apple has yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with that. Also, we, you know, I, I guess I'm one of those people where I was a Mac user. I was a Mac user and an XP user. Ended up completely on XP with the various Vista debacles that occurred. Um, you, you know, in, enjoyed working with Mac on RSX all the time and never really went back to Windows. So, I kind of know that Vista was a disaster. That Seven was a bit better. I, I had a bit of experience with Seven, but not a lot of it on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it makes sense that 8 is, you know, if 8 builds on top of 7's heritage, then it makes sense that 8 would be, a, could well be a good choice. And there's lots of things to not be happy with about OS X at the moment. You know, the OS X, iOS kind of combination, the kind of pricing behind, you know, let me say Macs are still expensive. They're not particularly great value for money as a piece of hardware. You know, so there's, there's lots of bits that could still tempt me to it. I, I thought this was a very bold article to kind of say no reason not to go to eight because I'm I'm not sure how many other people I would get that if you would get that opinion from. Well, it all depends whether the underlying audio system of Windows eight is effectively the same as Windows seven, and there's no reason to think it isn't. There isn't. There hasn't been a great amount of fanfare <clears throat> about those things about the like the audio engine underneath, which took a big jump when. XP went to Vista, is that correct? Yes. Or was it was it a big jump between Vista and Seven? I, I think there was a big jump between Vista and Seven in every respect. Mm. So you know, you get that out of the way. It's like core audio with the MacOS. There was a big jump up in ten point four, something like that, years yep. ago. And now it's just been building and building. Although there have been I I, I think there have been little bits, little times when it's it's jumped a little bit too far and it's broken certain things, but only only kind of not in a major way. It was just a let's get a new driver out and it'll be fixed kind of way. So anyway, I mean, I can see I could see why Windows 8 would still work with your audio stuff. The interesting thing is to see if any companies can come up with a compelling new way to use the touchscreen side of it or the metro side of Windows 8 with music software. Yeah. 
that that'll be interesting. Yeah, d- definitely. So, so the article flags up one known issue of compatibility, which is that there's problems with FireWire. Some FireWire drivers have problems with Windows 8, though those drivers had problems with Windows 7 anyway. So it's you're you're likely to be aware if you're going to have problems anyway. And they have some good advice in terms of whenever you're upgrading your software. You know, they just kind of mention you know. It's a good idea to make a good backup beforehand. It's a good idea to do your upgrade at a sensible time, so not the day of the gig, you know, that's it, <laughs> ahead of time. And I, I thought it was a great article. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, I think that we actually talked about the window, because th- this has been driven by the by their kind of commentary about the Windows 8 uh, Cakewalk blog article, which was talking about the Cakewalk guys process, but I think we maybe linked to that a couple of shows ago, actually, or maybe a while ago, I seem to remember, but maybe I'm making we it talk, up. We talked about Sonar last week, but not, not in that capacity, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm imagining it. I don't know. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm exci- I am excited about Windows 8. I've, I've played with it a couple of, in, like, some shops and things like that now, and there's bits I'm not sold on, like, I, I don't like the whole, I don't like having dirty marks on my screen Anyway, and the idea of touching it to put dirty marks on it kind of annoys me, and you know, there's all those things, and then there's you know. Oh, I really liked that part of it when I tried it out. I really liked the having the keyboard and the trackpad there, but then just being able to go and touch the screen if you needed to, and and do that. And also, I'm really fascinated by these these ones where the the screen comes out and is a tablet in its own right. The surface, that's called, yeah. Oh no no! But the surface no, is actually just a tablet with a kind of. There's one called the Vivo Tab, okay, RT, which is made by Asus, and that's actually like it's got a base station, which is a keyboard, a proper keyboard, and it's got a battery and it's got the USB ports, but it's actually it's not like a cover, like with the surface. Okay, this is keyboards are kind of like a cover. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested by that kind of these new designs, and there are going to be some interesting, fascinating Windows 8 uh, hardware designs because of the hybrid nature of the operating system. Anyway, that well, is off this topic, is, or is it? I will. I suppose it is. Um, Unless we can swing it round to music somehow or audio. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my question anyway. I had the question before you said it was off topic. So now. What, once we get more people making hardware, which is has the touchscreen stuff incorporated in the laptop kind of things, um, when when are we going to start seeing? And and not just that, but cross compatibility. You know, like this, like you said, you're very interested in what use what people might do in terms of how to have new interaction software modes. Using the touchscreen as in addition to everything else, but if you're writing that for Windows, then we're going to have this world where stuff isn't cross-platform anymore until. Well, I mean, if anything, Microsoft should be laying the foundation to try and get some customers, you know, to try and make these new things that you can't do on a Mac, or that you need to. If if you could do, you had to have a Mac and an iPad, which raises the cost again. And they could actually, like, for example, your computer, there's a Samsung-type computer, which is like an iMac, but it actually lays down flat. So you can actually have it in front of you like a like a pad in front of you on the table. And that is a complete touchscreen. 
what could you do with that music-wise? You know, you, you could have, you wouldn't even need an iPad to have a, a mixing console because it's there in your computer. You just pull the screen down and then you've got faders underneath you. You know, things like that. And that's something that an iMac can't do. And it's something that you could do with a, an iMac and an iPad, but that's expensive. You know, we're talking two grand there. So, you know, there's a possibility that if if people get their, their kind of eyes together, yes, there might be a, a cross-compatibility issue, but I think people are interested but, in change. Wouldn't you say that DAWs have stagnated a bit in their um, development? They stagnated because they've got to such a good point. What's the new? What what kind of new stuff can you put in that makes them interesting? That makes one DAW more compelling than another? I want to buy this DAW because it does this thing that no one else does. You know. Oh, it's fascinating, and I think we'll uh, we'll get some expert coverage in the next uh, year or two on the audio podcast with uh, Scott, Sam, and sometimes myself. <laughs> sometimes so me to, these um, days. <laughs> I, yeah, so, so I, to jump in, to, so, so to jump in, um, in, in terms of the Linux thing you were asking with the hardware, hardware software kind of thing, um, Android is obviously a, you know, a, a nominally Linux platform. But you also see um, Canonical, who are re responsible for Ubuntu, have been driving a, a big kind of thing to get Ubuntu put on the phones as well. So the, the Linux world is, ha has support for these things. It, obviously, because it doesn't do a lot of hardware development, it, it's never in that position to be able to build the, the device in the same way that something like HP or Sony can build the, the OEM, the kind of OEM device for the software to go onto it. I think also an interesting issue, though, is um, one of the big Linux desktops of the past, um, GNOME. Um, it made a development to GNOME 3, and the GNOME 3 development was driven by this, I, this desire to get a kind of unified interface between a touch device and a kind of keyboard device. And that is, as a project, that has been ridiculed by the open source community in many ways. And it, it's been rejected. I'm saying there is, it, I, if I remember correctly, I think Red Hat and Red Hat and Red Hat sponsored Fedora are the only, the only operating systems that are in, or the only Linux builds that are actually shipping with GNOME by default. So it's interesting that the approach that Windows has gone with Windows 8 has been tried in another location and spa failed spectacularly. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they're heading back in. I think it's really interesting. I think there's lots of reasons why they could do better. Microsoft could do better with it. I think there's lots of reasons why it could be exciting from a musical point of view as well. I was always thinking in mixing, if you think about it, if I'm, if I'm working in, in my door environment, there's lots of things where the keyboard, like a, a MIDI keyboard or the mouse or the ASCII keyboard makes perfect sense. But whenever you get into that door mixing situation, you could just imagine, like, it'd be so much easier being able to reach up to the screen and just, you know, use the touch interface to just change the mix, to move parts of the mix differently. I think exactly. that'd be really exciting, a really exciting thing to work with. You could even come up with an idea of splicing tape on the screen if it's flat on the on the on the table in front of you, you could just have some kind of thing coming through that's like that looks like tape, and then it has the waveform printed on it, and then you could just use your finger, swipe down, make the cut. Use your finger like this, like uh, at an angle, to do one of those angle cuts to change. Does that change the velocity, or, or does a crossfade or something when you stick them back together? You know, 
that kind of thing. And in fact, that would be fantastic because that's one of the most awkward things. You can't really, you wouldn't be able to do it on an iPad natively because the iPad's not really powerful enough or it, it doesn't really have the scope to, maybe it doesn't have the scope to do it. I don't know. Probably is powerful enough. It probably could do it. But think about getting your whole computer down and just pulling it down and just being able to have it as this amazing music work surface. We've got a good idea there, guys. I think uh, yeah, I think if no one's listening today, we could put that together and that could be our, uh, our, our new audio UI tablet interface idea. Anyway, we've gone into a fair amount of detail on... Uh, In, on indeed we have. Let's go into a less contentious problem or a less contentious issue. Um, I don't know if you guys spotted this, but the BBC on uh, right, on Newsbeat had an article which was uh, discussing uh, DJs. Um, and the, the, the nature of the article was discussing that, is it fair that DJs just go to a performance and hit play? Referring to kind of, you know, what we'd maybe refer to as being kind of, you know, artists more than just purely mm. DJs working with kind of samplers, computer assets, as well as, you know, vinyl kind of things like that. I haven't read the article. I imagine that it's a very difficult question to answer because, you know, there's it's not just a DJ pressing play. That's all a DJ does. A DJ can do anything up to actually playing an instrument. There's a there's a whole axis of what you could and couldn't do or what you will or wouldn't do as a as a DJ performing live. So it's not even as simple as just saying it you know, all a DJ does is hit play. Yeah. That, that that's that's just uh, not reading the article, but that's that's how I would answer. Well, we need we we, we need going into no more detail. If you haven't seen the article, it's um it, it struck me as an item that should be plunder, but as it actually was released on Wednesday, it qualified as news. So hence <laughs> I put it in the news section. So hence it, hence it was there sort of thing. But I thought it might be of interest. It, it is a typical BBC thing where it's, you know, it, it's kind of well done in that kind of skim, skimmed bird's eye kind of view of the process. And, you know, and then at the point does you wish they go into detail, they end. <laughs> so, does it give a, a, is it biased one way or another? Or is it like purely informational? Just, it is pure, it's mainly informational. They got some interviews, some interviews. It's, it's worth... It's worth not only a read but also a watch. They they have a couple of interviews on the side of it as well. So, so let's leave. We can leave it there. But um, you know, I thought it was something that was worth just checking out. I think we have mentioned cause in the in that BBC article they say that what they're talking about kicked off on the internet as it were some time ago. And I think we mentioned it at the time. There were a few other articles on along these lines about live music performance and what audiences expect from electronic music, live gigs, and all that kind of. Thing. Thing. I've just done a quick search on our site, but I can't find it. I thought we'd mentioned Dead Mouse in that, but apparently not. No. We, we had mentioned that uh, Windows 8 uh, Cakewalk blog before. That was a uh, show 61 or 62. Quite a while ago. 62. And the show Logan. was actually called Yanshi as well. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the tech heads at the audio podcast also have a a capability to look back into the past and connect today's show to shows of yore. And you know how they do that. They do that through the show notes on the audiopodcast.co.uk. Um, we also have a Twitter. And you know what? I think that pretty much segues us straight into the other section on Twitter. Now, I, I, you guys had discussed the title of this last week. Um, I, and 
Start, I think the first time this ran, it was Tuesday on Twitter, and it was kind of done ahead of time. And I think really like this evening on Twitter, like the fact that like, it should not be called this week because we're not covering what's happened in the whole okay. week. We're looking at what's going on right like in the past few what's hours. What's happening right now? On pretty Twitter. much, yeah. Like, <laughs> So uh, for those people who are unfamiliar with the concept, basically at this point we now spam everybody who uh, follows us or <laughs> follows us at the audio podcast by retweeting things that we should have. Adam, we should send you. Uh, we we should get you so you can follow the so you can do this as well. It's fun. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's not. Well, so um, so Akai, um, the MPC Studio made the uh, holiday gift guide. Yay! Which holiday gift guide? Well. It's it's holiday season in America, isn't it? You know, what I mean, it's like they've just had one holiday. They have another holiday soon. Goodness knows. Better say, you know, I've retweeted it anyway, so we're already done for that one. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what else is it? Oh, this is a wow! A zoom pedal into a Line Six amp. Sweetwater really nailed this demo. I I, I don't know what the demo is, but I got I just like that. That's nice. I like the way that they retweeted that. That's the problem with this section is there's significant periods of silence where you're looking at Twitter and not saying anything. Uh, maybe I should fill in, but I don't really know what to say. Adam, contest alert. Last chance to win an autograph boss pedal. That's the electronic musician. Who's that autographed by? Is it autographed by the, the uh, managing director of Roland? I don't know, but Pro Sound News is saying that Duran Audio doubles down in the U.S., Excellent. What does that mean? Doubling down. I, I, I don't know. It's quite an American term. It's not a it's not a British term. Or if it is, I haven't come across it. Okay, anything else? Future Music are um, apparently celebrating their twentieth anniversary and they're doing so um on Twitter by saying another classic vid, which is um someone in the studio. I don't know. I've retweeted it now so people can find out. Um, also, Cakewalk, hey, uh, um, they're saying you can download Rapture for just nineteen ninety nine, saving saving monies there. That's a synth available for them. That's very cool. The XI Control app for the X32 on iPad has had an update as well. Baron Jura letting us know. Yeah! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Uh, shall, shall we head into the... Uh, well, I feel we've done some Twittering. That's fine. If, yeah, if, you, want, if, if you want to smuggle your way onto the audio podcast, um, though it'd be more appropriate to smuggle your way into the plunder section, then feel free just to uh, say hello to us from at the audio podcast, and you're quite likely to get a mention, especially if you do it on a Monday evening. You know, that's we're likely to... Everybody who's done that so far has been mentioned, so that's kind of fun. They say... Sam, should I apologise or would you care to apologise? I'm happy to take this while we're in the other section, section. and for um, for some time in the other section, and even with interviews and such like, we've been we built up that the um, the create the creative technology live events that happened this weekend and that we were going to be there and all that kind of thing. And last week I confirmed that I would definitely be there, which you said on I didn't go. I wasn't able to make it in the end, and nor were you. The the distance and timings just didn't work out, despite the semi-planning all, all those weeks. Apologies, listeners that, listeners that were looking forward to hearing from there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually writing the apologetic blog post right now. <laughs> I think you should keep your mind on the audio podcast, Scott. I well, I am. I, it's the same. I can do both things at the same time because I know, Adam, that with that apology, we have made it to the end of the other section, which means it is time to go. Who are plundering? Ah, this isn't plunder, but those uh, those people on YouTube who are watching the YouTube feed. If you can tell me what I'm holding up now, then you get ten points. Okay, <laughs> and there we go. That's that's enough. On with the plunder. <laughs> can I answer the question? No. Um, you can if you want. Do you want ten points? I guess. Yeah. Was that was that an, um, an RCA to Quarant's Jack adapter? It was. Yeah. yeah. I got two of them. So today's <laughs> plunder. We have three items of plunder. Um, Two of which are tenuous, but I'm going to argue the reasons that their tenuousness is okay. So the, the the first one is a fantastic video called Dumb Ways to Die, which is actually a railway safety video. It's, absol it's absolutely spectacular, and I'd like to argue that it's appropriate for the show because it's a very catchy song, and it's achieving something which is undeniably positive, and I think that's something that we should all be encouraged to try and do positive things with our creativity. Yeah. Fair enough. I liked in this video. I liked how the um, the bits of animation were reused and like how they were synced up with the audio, like because it's like, the tune. Like at, at one point, there's four characters dancing, and like you got the same four characters dancing with extra characters, and they're doing the exact same thing but with extra things added. And it kind of you've reused that bit of scene <laughs> sort of way. There you go. But, yeah. And and continuing on from that theme, there appears to be another video that looks. Kind of cartoony. Yes, yeah, sir. I think this is probably a piece of audio that somebody's lifted and put a video to. I don't think it was made in this way, but it's um, it's Alan Watts talking about music and life, and yeah, it's worth a watch. I don't know. I don't really want to give it away, so I might enjoy watching it or listening. Did you notice who the production, who the credit at the end of the car at the animation is, though? No, I did not. It is the guys from South Park. I was wondering if it was the guys from South Park, just from the one frame of it I can see here in the notes. Yeah. I, I thought, that looks a little bit like Terence and Philip in South Park. Yep, it is indeed that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. So our final item of plunder, um, with which we come to the end of the this week's episode, the um, Arts, Arts Technica have an article about the history of iTunes. With, yeah. Without reading it, how old, does anybody know when iTunes first arrived? 2001. Yeah, and whenabouts in 2001? Whenabouts? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> March? I don't know. I, I think it was January, but I'd have to go read the, I'd have to go read the article. But it is in the article. All it is. Of the, all in of the, the article, it says January 2001. Yeah. There you go. It struck me as a weird time to write this article, because obviously you could do it in January, and it would be so many years ago, whereas now it's I so many years plus 10... Ten months or whatever. No, no, no. But it's not about the fact that it could could have been eleven years or twelve years. It's because iTunes eleven, the new version of iTunes was supposed to be coming out now, so they yeah. probably prepared that article for that happening. But new iTunes has been delayed until, or ha I th I think it's been delayed until the end of next month or next month sometime. I I, I don't actually recall there being a formal announcement. I know that it is late, but I I. Don't recall spotting the it is formally late announcement, but oh, I know I that it is certainly late. That's why I'm not so sure 
about actually saying it, but I've read that it has been delayed, even though it might not be an official announcement. Yeah. So we'll see how uh, how iTunes 11 or whatever number it is at now uh, bears <laughs> up. I mean, it'll get all, loads of automatic downloads anyway, so I don't think I'll have a problem with uh, getting people to use it. But, uh, you know, let's also um, put a shout-out to some other media players that uh, we know about and we might even use. Uh, I'll, I'll put a shout-out to Songbird. That's the one that I use. And now, is that available on Linux as well? Yeah, I also use something called G-Podder, which, G-Podder. which is a podcast client for, um, for, for Linux as well. I use that to maintain my podcast to do my podcast capture now. That's cool. That's cool. cool. Okay. And then for the, the Windows people, there's also things like Winamp. Does Winamp See, I was, still exist? I was, was going to mention, because it's of the same vintage. When this was when iTunes 1 was released, Winamp was, was there. Like, and Winamp I, was always the go-to media player to go to after the fact you realized that Windows Media Player was terrible. It was like, oh, go and get was Winamp. But I think Winamp might have... Um, declined a little bit. No, well, I, did I, it even even I believe... ten years ago, like when when the Winamp three was was really was really like, I I really liked that, and then Winamp five they started adding more media library type stuff and a lot more integration that like, could do video and things as well. And although there was lots of people that liked it then, I no, I, I, I believe that I believe that Winamp is still running, and not only is Winamp still running, I believe it is the it is one of the main choices on Android as well. Actually, well, Winamp is still running. I think they've gone through some uh, ownership changes. There was actually an article about the history of Winamp um, on Ars Technica maybe two months ago. So well, we could go look for that. Maybe we could go look for that. We can put it in the notes. But you could also go to Ars Technica and just search for it, and that gives a kind of rundown of uh, of the history of it. So there's. There's that. Now it's, I don't know if it's called Windows Media Player anymore or if it's called Zune or something like that. But, uh, but yeah. Um, Windows 8, Touch, Zune, HD, Xbox, Mobile Media Player. Pro. Did you just read that off the back no. of the cereal packet? No, I, I, ju- I just made that up. That, that's what I would possibly call it. If it was, you know. If, if there was a, a cereal called Zune Crunch... Would you buy it? If it was available in HD. <laughs> and, and if you could save up the, the, the little vouchers on the back of it and get, like, uh, I don't know, a new laptop, that would be kind of cool. And with this level of insight in AudioTech, <laughs> it's time to bring the... Oh, oh Scott. Scott! Wow, Scott never <laughs> drops out. That's well, he's mad. dropped out a couple of times this this show already, actually, and um, yeah. just not mid sentence. He's back with he's this back. level of what, there, Scott? This level of technical competence, this um level of insight, professionality, insight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely on my wireless. I can only apologise. I'm sorry. The Ethernet Ten- cable's plugged in, but it hasn't. Tenuosity, tenuosity. With this amount of ten- tenuosity. The okay. audio podcast. <laughs> We're stopping. We're ending the show. That was show 80. Hello, Comes everybody. Show 80. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Go to the Twitter, go to the website. <laughs> <laughs>
I've been Scott. That was Sam Freeman. Adam Yance. This was episode 80 of the audio podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Thank you.